It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Here it's Tuesday on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That means you got me, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL, a very angry Vikings fan and a very happy Saints fan, Ross Jackson. Joyous. Jackson Joyous. <laughs> celebrating. Uh, and we are here to talk to you about all goings on in the NFL, but really, we want to talk about the chaotic, <laughs> ridiculous... How are you so calm right now? <laughs> Sedatives. Actually. <laughs> I'm heavily sedated because I had to be to put sentences together after oh that gosh. Ravens Raiders game. So we'll talk about all that. We'll, we'll talk about Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about Darren Waller. We'll talk about Manning night football uh, and all the crazy stuff. It's also Tuesday, which means it's fantasy day here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. So we got the Tuesday fantasy forum coming up later for you as well with Kate Majuke. But first, uh, let's get into that Ravens Raiders game. I want to start with the end. Can we start? Yeah, oh, with the we end? have to. We have to. What happened? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So first of all, we should say that this game started off pretty slow, right? And then and then at the end of this game, toward the second half, things started getting back. You have these two teams by the end of regulation tied 27-27. They go into overtime and the Raiders start with the ball. They end up getting all the way down to the one yard line. They can't score. And then they end up throwing this interception off of a Ravens defender's head. I believe it went through the hands of Willie Sneed, former New Orleans Saints. So that was really interesting for me. And then the Ravens can't score. They fumble and Lamar Jackson gives the ball up. Then my favorite part of all of this is that the Raiders end up getting in field goal range. They run a little play, kind of get the ball on the hash where the kicker likes it, all these things. Then they watch the the field goal unit out there without a very key component of the field goal unit, the kicker. And because of that, they end up having to not take a timeout, Luke, but take a false start because they don't have any timeouts left. left. It pushes them back five yards and then the Raiders come out and say, okay, well, we'll run another play and then we'll get the field goal unit out. <laughs> and the Raiders, Ravens perhaps thought, hey, they're just going to run it, get it all set up. They send the house. And, and yeah, and Z- I want to talk about that. Yo, absolutely. And Zay Jones is wide open for the ending of the most chaotic Monday night football game I think I've ever experienced. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that cover zero. And the only reason yeah. I knew to really look for this was because Peyton Manning called it out. Uh, in the like Manning cast, which was awesome. Manning night football, baby. (laughs) He and Eli were talking about cover zero, which is when you don't have any deep safeties. And usually it means a lot of people are blitzing. Um, So it's this kind of all or nothing defense. It's just throw the house at Derek Carr. And it's either a big play your way or a big play their way. And it's the risk reward you take. And, And the Ravens were like, crazy, crazy aggressive. They were running cover zero all night. And basically every huge play the Raiders had, they were figuring out, cover zero. They're figuring out these blitzes. And so I I think for the Ravens and and their coaching staff and just the overall decision making here, you have to question why they kept going back to this. I don't think there's anything wrong with cover zero in like a vacuum. It's a 
all out blitz, you know, it's, it's right. a really, really aggressive play. And sometimes you get home, sometimes you get don't. That's the, that's the, the, the chance you take, but it was very clear that the Raiders had their counters to this and their counters were working and you just kind of kept letting them go back to that. Right. Well, uh, especially in the biggest moments of the game. And uh, then it turns out you you bust a coverage in, in that cover zero. Somebody gets beat because you only got like two guys in coverage. because you Right, right. Like and then they ran into each other. So and they walk help. you off. <laughs> so yeah. is, is this an example of a team getting sort of handcuffed by its own identity in a way of, of not being malleable enough to the game situation? Uh, maybe. Yeah. And and I'm not as well versed. I mean, you have to go listen to Locked on Ravens for, I think, mm-hmm. more in-depth, you know, looks at the Ravens. I don't know if this is their identity or if this was just their game plan for Derek Carr, put Derek Carr under pressure. But Derek Carr did a mm-hmm. phenomenal job working that pocket when there was pressure. Yeah. Um, his accuracy was really, really spotty as the night uh, started. But as it wore on, you know, he got a little better. He found his open people. He leaned heavily on Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller yeah. ended up with like a quarter of the Raiders entire passing game. Yeah. He had 10 catches, 101 yards and a touchdown. The last that I saw 105 yards and a touchdown with a long of 24, just a huge. And he was targeted 19 times. So they really, really yeah. went after him. that was 19 out of 56 passes thrown by Derek Carr in this matchup. So big time attention to Darren Waller. And why not? Why not? You saw what I happened mean, he's when you threw to Willie, eight, so. Willie Sneed, right? Exactly, exactly. You saw <laughs> yeah, what happened when you threw to Willie Sneed. Who else Sneed, do they have? Yeah. So. I Hunter mean, you had Renfro, like yeah, Hunter Renfro, like, who, hey, had a nice, uh, you know, yeah. big yards after catch moment. He stepped out of bounds, by the way, but it's all good because they didn't score on that drive anyway. It was a drive <laughs> later that they, they went, ended up scoring. <laughs> that was the drive where they went down to the to about this far, right? About this far, about an right. inch away to, and then uh, they had the false start penalty. That and then threw them twice, oh, and then that was the, the dome interception. <laughs> like, the Raiders are just weavers of fate and agents of chaos. It feels like the only way... It's like if Doctor Strange was going through all the different timelines, right. and there's one right. where they win, and it was this one. This episode, this 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 game could have several episodes of what if attached to it, right? <laughs> what if they would have just run the ball? What if the Ravens didn't shift? Yeah. What if the Ravens didn't play cover zero? Like, there's just so many here. What an, it, just an incredibly remarkable way to put a bow tie on week one of the NFL season with this game. And we're going to talk more about this game as well as Manning Night Football as we continue on with today's episode. Week one is now in the books, but the odds for next week, week two, games beginning in just a couple of days on Thursday are already up with our good friends over at betonline.ag. They have all the props, all the odds, all the contests that you want to be a part of if you want to get in on the action. A couple of lines already up for you to go and check out that are already pretty interesting. Seattle minus five and a half against the Tennessee Titans. Hey, New Orleans minus three on the road. Road dogs. I don't know about you. I always get nervous about road, uh, excuse me, not road dogs, road favorites. I was getting a little nervous about road favorites for sure. But hey, I've been burned. <laughs> yeah, Teddy Bridgewater did it this week. So hey, you know, yeah. sometimes it works out. So if you want to get in on any of that action, the MLB, of course, with the playoffs right around the corner, or even your favorite Vegas casino games, they got you taken care of over at betonline.ag. Just make sure you use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, to get that 100% welcome bonus right now over at betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Ross, I want to keep talking about the 
Ravens here oh, yeah. because the Ravens are oh, such yeah. an interesting team. We'll get to the fantasy forum in a little bit too. So if you want some fantasy advice, stick around. Um, but let me talk about Lamar Jackson because mm-hmm. it feels almost criminal that Lamar Jackson doesn't come home with a W in this. Game. Oh man, this was an incredible performance. I remember when we were talking when uh, the Ravens were on Monday Night Football a couple times last year, and you and I broke those games down. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were talking like, "Is Lamar okay? Like, what's wrong with him?" Right. There were so many times, and they made the playoffs. They had a fine year, but he just didn't seem the same he didn't seem like that he didn't seem loose he seems a little tight and in this game he was just playing he was he seemed oh yeah and credit to the ravens or to the raiders who got did a really good job of keeping the ravens kind of off their rhythm and keeping lamar jackson in improvisational situations and look if you're going to go into an improv situation, Lamar Jackson is like a top three guy that you would want maybe a top two guy maybe just mahomes is the guy you'd want more and that's great but even the best at improv is not going to be preferable to being on schedule, doing the things you meant to do and the things you planned. And the Raiders did a really good job of keeping him off that. And just an absolute heroic effort from Lamar Jackson looked like 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson. I am so excited to watch this dude for the rest of the season. Yeah. And the thing that was really great was how Lamar Jackson was able to do this, despite the fact that the Raiders were living in zone coverage throughout this game, which usually it's a little bit tougher for a mobile quarterback to run and get zone coverage because everybody's looking mm-hmm. at them, right? Everybody's playing their yeah. zones. Everybody's watching the quarterback's eyes, all of that. You, if you're a mobile quarterback, you want to force that defense into man coverage, which we saw the Ravens do a lot and sometimes mm-hmm. to their own detriment. But we didn't right. see that a ton from the Raiders. They stayed in that zone coverage. And so Lamar Jackson had all the opportunities available to him to be able to play and do what it is that he does. A little bit of that backyard kind of schoolyard football that he is so famous for. And it was great to see him do that. However, two fumbles in this game, two turnovers in this game. uh, And the last one doing the team in effectively, but the last one not being on a scramble or anything like that just simply got sacked. Max Crosby had an incredible game here, constantly in the backfield. There was one play to where it got whistled dead and he still knocked an offensive lineman over. It was fantastic watching this defensive line led by Max Crosby with the defensive line, by the way, who made a fourth overall selection, Cleveland Farrell, a healthy scratch in yeah, this game. Another storyline to listen into a your boy Q. Mayock there. Yeah, a little bit oh, yeah. there. He's going to have a lot to imagine. say. Or a lot for sure. <laughs> he might still be talking about it on the Friday episode of Locked on NFL uh-huh. as well. But yes, no, I completely agree with you. It is a little bit of a shame for Lamar Jackson here, who had a fantastic game. But those fumbles, the, the, the turnovers there effectively did them in as well. Yeah, and Max Crosby lining up for most of the game across from longtime league mainstay uh, Alejandro mm-hmm. Villanueva, yeah. who was a big free agent pickup for the for the Ravens. But there was this whole thing in camp that he didn't look good in camp. So oh, that's a big point of concern for the Ravens. Right, is yeah, that, and that kind of carried over into meaningful football. Yeah, and that that came after that signing for Villanueva came after the trade where they sent Orlando Brown to mm-hmm. the Chiefs. So, Who also struggled, by the way. Right. Oh, big time. I mean, there was that one time where what, Patrick Mahomes just got sandwiched by a couple of guys. Yeah. Not great. Not great. Uh, <laughs> so you had all that. <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to mention, too, was, you know, this was also a team, the Baltimore Ravens, that just riddled by injuries, marred by injuries over the course of the yeah, Especially the, the running back stepped up. Yes. And that was that's exactly it. Latavius Murray getting into the end zone, former New Orleans Saint. Tyson Williams was fantastic in this matchup yeah. as well. Somebody that they were able to continuously 
obviously target out of the backfield and also had a big run on a was it a fourth and one or a third and one and you know the type of a situation to where you have a defense that's going to end up clamping down but if you can break through you're going to get to the house and that's exactly what you saw from him so shout out to this Baltimore Ravens coaching staff for continuing to be able to lean in on the run game despite all of the losses at the running back position that they had throughout the offseason Here's my overall takeaway from this game. And it's weird because it doesn't match the result of the game and the Raiders won and the Raiders deserve to win. And I'm not trying sure. to say otherwise, but if I'm preparing for week two, I'd be much more afraid if my opponent were the Ravens. They just looked so dangerous. And the Raiders, as well as they played with as much heart as they played with, and I think they won because of all that heart. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not afraid of Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro. I'm afraid Zay of Lamar Jones? Jackson. <laughs> I, I triple team Darren Waller and watch the offense fall apart. Like, right. I, I don't know. And and they the, the Ravens didn't do that. I think that was a huge mistake. They decided to blitz, put pressure on Derek Carr, and Derek Carr was up to that occasion. I don't think that was the game plan. And and I think that earns the Raiders like a, a well-earned W, right? Yeah. You were challenged by a team. You answered that call. You get your win. For the rest of the season, I have to wonder what defensive coordinators are going to do against the oops all Darren Waller offense that the Raiders put out tonight. <laughs> right. I, I, I think you're right about being more afraid of the Ravens than you should be afraid of the Raiders if they're your next opponent. However, the next opponent is the Kansas City Chiefs during Manny Night Football. Travis Kelsey got a free scouting report from Peyton Manning <laughs> all game. So does that really matter? And then he went on to get a free scouting report on the team that he'll face twice a season in the Las Vegas Raiders as well. How fun <laughs> but was Manny Night Football? Know. <laughs> but he didn't know he did that it was the Ravens. <laughs> no, he thought he was going up against the Chargers week two. I had to be corrected by Peyton Manning, who knew his own schedule better than he did. Um, no, Manning Night Football was so much fun. And oh, there was man, such was a phenomenal. like there, there was such a casual vibe to it. And and the analysis was a little bit more hardcore. If you're not comfortable with them talking right. about, you know, cover three beaters and three by one formations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if that's not the way you want to experience football, stick to the main broadcast, you'll be fine. Uh, but if you want to get a little bit deeper into what's going on with football and also just the casual laid back, I mean, the regular broadcasts have such a like kind of suit and tie, really buttoned right. up, polished vibe. And sometimes that can get boring, especially in slower games. Um, but this was a slow game for the first half, but because of Peyton and Eli and the chaos of fire alarms. I was going to say, you know what else the main <laughs> broadcast didn't have? Fire alarms. <laughs> yeah. And uh, helmets that were too small for Peyton Manning's head and all sorts of other chaos. It kept it entertaining, Producers but it also... Overhead it also uh. showed what's interesting about even the boring games where you can kind of play right. and say, okay, that's the mistake that he made against this coverage. This is the thing. Here's a time when Alabama pulled this against Ohio State and this is what they're doing now and all that. And that is so interesting. And I think it is an, a great alternate to the sort of stodgy buttoned up broadcasts that yeah. all kind of blend together and are the same nowadays. I think that there, the ESPN might be onto something that that has a chance to at least provide a new way to experience football. I think that matters to every fan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, look, Manny Night Football is going to be here 10 games this year, including up next week, the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. It's a great option for the hardcore football fan, just like we're a great option for the hardcore football fan here at Locked On NFL. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Kate Majuk of Locked On Dynasty Football for you hardcore fantasy football fans to get you your fantasy forum. What matchups do you want to take advantage of next week? Which players had big performances? And who's the waiver wire steal is that you should be checking out? 
out. I thought this was a really interesting answer because Kate pivots from where everyone else is saying to go. So it's really, really good stuff. We're going to have that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on NFL. For the hardcore football fan, we're here for you. For the hardcore auto parts customer, there's only one place for you, rockauto.com. That was a pretty neat one. So go. <laughs> that was really nice. Go and check them out over at rockauto.com. Whatever parts, pieces, or accessories you need, whatever make, model, or year your vehicle is, they have you covered. Same parts as you can get at the chain store around the corner, but with no having to you know end up leaving your house at all and at cheaper prices as well. Same parts, cheaper prices, not cheaper parts for the same price. Very important delineation over with rockauto.com. And of course, they're a family business as well. Been helping auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go and show them some love. And when you do, make sure you show us some love as well by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section at checkout. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And I want to tell you about Direct TV Stream as well. You've seen them. You've seen the, the commercial Serena Williams, Wonder Woman, Serena Williams, Wonder Woman. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic content, just like you get here. But yeah, I Mix love it all me. up. Mix it all up. I do love Direct TV Stream, though. I'm a new customer of Direct TV Stream myself. This is a true story, and I absolutely love it because it is really, really seamless, and I like it a lot. Instead of having to switch from this app to this app and this device to this device and juggling remotes, juggling all these things, you don't have to do that. DirecTV Stream gets you set up to where you have all of your favorite movies, your favorite sports, or your favorite TV shows all in one place. Helps you get your TV together, which is something I very much needed. Now I'll start working on getting my life together as well. But I wanted to start with the TV first. And DirecTV Stream absolutely helped me do that. So make sure you go and check them out and get all the information that you need. Best of all, no annual contract needed when it comes to DirecTV Stream. You can get more information at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device is required and content varies by package. All right, everybody, moving on here with this Tuesday episode of the Locked On NFL podcast. And that means that it's time for the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Bringing in Kate Majuke this time all the way over in the East Coast. What's going on, Kate? Hey, it's Central Time now. I'm, oh, I'm that's right. A, I'm officially a Houstonite. I'm officially a Texan, but I'm not going to align myself with that franchise. So I'm, I'm feeling a little <laughs> skittish around the word Texan. Uh, if you guys have hey. any suggestions on what I should call myself, hey, they did spank, spank yeah, one some and oh. Let's go <laughs> one and oh. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I just, uh, I just submitted my request for season tickets. We're ready to roll. <laughs> nice, nice. So, whose bandwagon are we jumping on then? Let's let's talk about some week one big performers. Oh my gosh, we had a lot of really fun surprises in week one. First one, we got a shout out. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to do this for Ross here. Jameis Winston uh, completed go. 14 passes for 148 yards. LASIK Winston, he went, he, he's looking 2020, baby. Uh, he is <laughs> five year. touchdowns, uh, even added some carries on the ground, 37 yards rushing uh, to help his fantasy day. Leading into Monday Night Football, which is uh, we're recording this just before the matchup, Jameis Winston is currently the quarterback three on the week behind only Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes, which is fantastic. I will say um, pretty impressive from an efficiency standpoint, especially given the fact that, I mean, they weren't working with a ton of weapons, but 
Um, I mean, the Packers had all but rolled over into a grave at that <laughs> matchup. I don't, I don't necessarily expect Jameis Winston to be quite as efficient, but I do think we are seeing an improved Jameis Winston with an improved coaching staff and uh, apparently improved vision. I'm so excited for Jameis Winston because <laughs> uh, he's, he's going to be. He's going to be a huge waiver wire pickup, and you know that um, you know that his upside is still pretty high. He's still Jameis Winston. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And certainly, the New Orleans Saints aren't going to do anything to put any kind of a ceiling on him at all, but certainly try to raise the floor a bit with his efficiency. Uh, you talked about him being a waiver wire pickup. Any other big waiver wire pickups that you're looking at that folks should run to their wires to grab? I'm actually going to pivot a little bit because I know the world is pivoting to the waiver wire for uh, my good friend, my my fantastic friend, Elijah Mitchell, who just had an <laughs> awesome week one running back for the San Francisco 49ers. You're making Raheem a lot Mostert. of Louisiana hearts happy today. I'm doing my very best, guys. I got to play to the audience. Immediately betraying Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you said, what else should I call myself if not a Texan? I was going to say neighbor to Louisiana. So here you go. There we go. I, I don't hate it. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm open to all of the infinite possibilities. Uh, Elijah Mitchell absolutely broke out. We saw Trey Sermon was a surprise scratch yesterday after uh, Kyle Shanahan just kind of came out and said, oh, yeah, like Elijah, Elijah Mitchell took the job basically. Um, you know, there, there were plenty of running backs available, but boom, Raheem Mostert goes down with a knee injury after just two carries in true Raheem Mostert fashion. He is going to be out, looks like, about eight weeks. Um, so Jeez. I want to review their depth chart here. We've got Raheem Moster going on IR. Uh, he's planned to be out for eight weeks. We still have Jeff Wilson Jr. recovering from a, an injury last season who started mm -hmm. the season on the PUP. Um, I'm actually going to pivot and go with Trey Sermon, uh, who I think most people are going to be off uh, just because of the fact that you know we we just had this inactive. He was a healthy scratch. Um, I think that's going to be off putting for, for a lot of managers and especially in a league where, uh, maybe use uh, free, a free agent acquisition budget, those fab leagues. Um, I, I think Trey Sermon's going to be an, uh, an upside option, uh, with, you know, just incredible, uh, incredible value in comparison to what people are going to be dropping on Elijah Mitchell after that 100 rushing yard burger he dropped so i have to uh, this is the part of the fantasy forum where i'm bad at fantasy and i need, I need help um <laughs> so i've got a, a ryan Tannehill, derrick henry thing going is it time to panic on that or are, are the titans like doomed or or should i like hold fast and, and hope they turn it around because that was a rough one from those two guys it was um i i mean i i do have the the stack there in a couple leagues i don't usually go for the the quarterback running back stack but i felt pretty good with this particular matchup going into this week turns out none of us should have felt all that comfortable with this matchup this week but um ryan Tannehill, i i think we Maybe we're expecting some some bumps, some bruises. Uh, I, I think this is a team that will bounce back in terms of their overall efficiency. I'm not panicking at this point because we know the upside. We've seen them have this track record over and over again. Uh, 
we just know what they are. Um, Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry. It, it just throw it out the window, throw it out the window, start back fresh slate. Let's go. Chalk it up to week one weirdness and let it go. Yeah. Week yeah. one weirdness. Like the, you know, you, you don't, um, I'm not sure. I can't remember if, if they all played, uh, I don't think any of them played preseason. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think um, that's right. But it, you know, all of that sort of factors in, I feel like we always see these, um, some more low scoring affairs in week one as offenses just look to get that chemistry back. Um, it, it just takes a lot. It takes a minute. So let's, we'll, we'll give them a break. Um, obviously if the trend continues, we gotta, uh, we, we gotta hit the, the pause button there, but I do think we're, um, let's not overreact just yet. We still got Julio Jones, which, you know, does make the team, uh, you know, puts a bid in for more efficiency in my book until proven otherwise. I will say Julio Jones dropping a pass in the end zone. So some things just never change. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Some things just never change. Uh, And much like some some things, it never changed, Kate. It never changes. We are always very, very excited to have you here. Appreciate you coming through. You can find Kate and the rest of the gang over at Locked on Dynasty Football every Monday through Friday. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter at FFBallBlast as well. Kate, thanks for coming through. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Locked On NFL. Make sure you come back for Tony and James tomorrow. They're going to be going over the Locked On NFL power rankings all across the Locked On NFL channel. We get all of our experts in to vote on the power rankings, so you're going to get that update for Tony and James tomorrow. And we also want to make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Go and win yourself some money with your boy Q, who might be in a bit of a mood tomorrow. He'll be very happy. And we'll also have Lee Sterling there as well, handicapping expert for Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson. Nola, we appreciate you very much for being here. We'll see you again here soon for another episode of Locked On NFL, part of Locked On Podcast that work your team every day.